Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. We're talking about draft gems. Now, these gems are going to be guys that you get somewhere in the draft or a potentially undrafted free agent that could sneak up on people and make an impact. So you're going to get a variety of different names, maybe names you know that could potentially go between the fourth and seventh round. And then, of course, guys you've probably never heard of. And if you have, that's awesome because that means you went down the same rabbit hole we did. Uh, you you 100% went down the rabbit hole we did. And obviously, offensive draft gems. So not just any names, Dan. Not just any people. Thank you for clarifying that, by the way. Specifically in the offensive yeah. side. We're going to have a live stream Monday at 5 p.m. talking about defensive draft gems. So if you want to hear those names, the defensive side of the football, just be there for that live at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, and go find some guys and, and bring them to chat so we can have a discussion about them because maybe we haven't saw them yet. And if we haven't, I'm wondering what the heck's going on. Because, Alex, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, 1,000 prospects is so easy to figure out. Uh, every single time we're watching video, it's, who's that guy? Why have I never heard of this <laughs> man before? How My favorite was there was a, there was a guy who we're going to talk about in the defensive gym video that I watched the school and a player from said school and and never once saw him on film because I was so focused on another position on the field that I didn't notice I started watching the film. I was like, how do you miss this? Yeah. How do you miss Sands out so well? It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to land on him, but it's potential. There is definitely <laughs> potential on landing on said gentleman from said school. <laughs> I can't. We're having fun on this episode. This is going to be a good one. I'm we're laughing it up. We're having a great time. Yeah, and, 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 you know, and we should, right? Because potential. These players yeah. all, have potential. They all have potential. They're all guys that could be Elijah Mitchell. You know, what are these late round gems that you find? And I'm using the air quotes because you just never know. But at least there's some fun guys to talk about. Well, I'm also glad that you're not willing to put them into the all pro Fred category yet, right? They got to they gotta earn that, that title and moniker of yeah. that much potential. But year one stepping in, coming out of nowhere. 
Uh, Elijah Mitchell did that last year in a huge way and definitely something that all of these guys have the potential to do, and we'll just see if uh, if it comes to fruition. Uh, first off, let's start with a little bit more well-known names, guys that are going to be going in that you know post-150 range. Uh, who's the first guy that you're looking at as a potential draft gem that people may know of or have heard of or that maybe we've even talked about? Yeah, this is a guy that's going to be a fringe 150 guy. So this guy could go a little bit earlier than that and a little bit later, but he's going to be a fourth to fifth round pick potentially. And that's tight end James Mitchell from Virginia Tech, six foot four, 249 pounds. And Alex, he is becoming somebody that I really enjoy watching. Like I, I've kind of gotten into his film a little bit more and found that he's somebody that I'm really excited about. And when I was watching him, it was about his competitive nature, right? He's super competitive. He gets open consistently, which is something I love as a, you know, a tight end has good hands. Here's the part that I loved the most solid inline blocker, a tight end in this draft that can catch the ball and can block. I love that. And then, you know what you got to do? You got to enjoy blocking if you're going to play for the 49ers. It's if you're going to fit in with this tight end room, it's he true. does. And Alex, on top of that, he runs a 4 6 40 for a <clears throat> 6 foot 4, 249 pound guy. The way he moves, uh, it's, it's tremendous. The only thing that drags this guy down is the knee injury. That's it. He's recovering from knee injury. If he didn't have that, this dude would be a, I mean, I'm talking top three draft pick, um, top, top three, three rounds. rounds. Uh, he, he, he's definitely on that level. Uh, look, when I when I watched the film the very first time, I, I remember telling myself, this guy doesn't move around like a tight end. He looks like he's something different. And then you and I were watching some film before we came on here to do this, and we saw a highlight clip of him wearing number 25 and running the ball out of the backfield on a little, like, it looked like either a jet sweep or some some sort of motion coming across the quarterback's face. And I'm sitting there going, was this dude a running back at some point in time? And you were like, well, I know he played quarterback in high school. And I was like, he doesn't move like a prototypical tight end the way you think of tight ends moving doesn't have that level of stiffness in the in the hips um this is a guy ant that's got a ton of potential and yes you're right the, the injury is the only thing that's really holding this guy back from being a name that is not not only was a name that we talked about but maybe a name that we were sitting there going Niners aren't drafting him because it's too early it's too early to go tight end of this draft i mean I don't want to say thank goodness that, that people are sleeping on them and that people want to knock him because of the knee, but thank goodness because he could fall into San Francisco's lap uh, right around that 130, 150, 172 range without them having to do a whole heck of a lot in order to get him. Yeah, and as, as good as he is on film, I'd be willing to take him at 105. He is my new Tommy Trimble. Last year I had oh Tommy Trimble. Lord. Uh was one of my favorite tight ends in the draft. In fact, my favorite tight end. And, and now this is where uh, James Mitchell is. So I, I think James Mitchell is the complete package. We've been wanting somebody that can slide into uh, behind George Kittle that can do it all, that you have to worry about being a blocking threat, but also a receiving threat. James Mitchell is potentially that guy. So Niners, do me a solid and go grab this guy. Sign, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. Right. He, he just I'm looks good. He, he's a good player. So yeah. I, I really I really liked him. Somebody's going to end up with a good player. I'm just hoping it's San Francisco and not those dirty birds from Seattle um, because I don't want to play James Mitchell every year. No, I'd prefer not. Yeah. Just just no. Uh, just just please no. Uh, look, uh, other names that you guys may be familiar with that are going to be going in this sort of range as well. Guys like Bo Milton out of, out of uh, is, is it not? Is, Rutgers. Is it Rutgers? Okay, yeah. it is Rutgers. I was sitting there going, it's Rutgers. And I was like, no, no, that's that's Isaiah Pacheco and a couple other guys that I want to talk about in the defensive one. It's like, oh, no, no, no. It is, it is Rutgers. The, Rutgers this, with skilled player talent. They not do. Not so much line talent. No, not so much line talent. Yeah. No, the line's pretty bad. That's why you feel for Isaiah Pacheco. But yeah. the line was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but incredibly talented, gifted wide yeah. receiver. And you don't get to see it a whole lot all the time on film just because the scheme doesn't necessarily play. Quarterback play. 
not necessarily the greatest. Uh, also, not having the time to to necessarily put the ball in the right spot so that he has the ability to to catch, run after the catch, and do so without having right. to stop. But there's a lot of a lot of individual skill sets that do shine on film at times that make you go, huh? Well, wonder what happens and what this guy could look like if he's in a much better situation than Rutgers. Um, and you're not going to have to overpay in order to find that out, which makes it a very intriguing prospect at these spots. Yeah, he's very versatile. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is guy one of those guys that does have the ability to run the fly sweeps, uh, catch a quick screen and take it to the house. He's a dynamic playmaker. The 4-3 speed is is what jumps off, and he's slowly moving up boards. Now, he hasn't made it to where you know he's one of those guys you're going to have to strike on early, but I also wouldn't be surprised if a team didn't fall in love with him and take him, you know, in the back end of the third round or early fourth round, especially but, the first, you know, part of day three. That's usually when you'll take shots at guys in that fourth round. So I think Bo Melton could slide up there, but he's one of those guys that's been hovering the end of the fourth, early fifth for pretty much the, the draft process. I like this guy overall. I think his abilities um, and things that he can do as intangibles are definitely something that shows on on film. But, Alex, I do like a guy that's kind of in the same area a little bit more, and that's Velas Jones. You brought him up from Tennessee. I like his ability, and I think he has similar traits to uh, Bo Melton, but I like his physical stature a little bit more. He's a little bit more stout, and he'd be able to take on the rigors of continuous contact of having the ball in your hands. Um, And I think he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. SEC guy, so he's one of those guys that played against the highest levels of competition, and he did a really good job. So I like Velas Jones, especially Mm -hmm. late. And if the 49ers walked away with him, I would be super excited about him. That's I'm I'm actually really, really high on this player. Well, it's not just that, too. It's also the amount of success that they've had with Tennessee wideouts. I mean, they look look at what they were able to do with Juwan Jennings and what he turned into there. Um, you know, another guy that was from Tennessee that ended up at Baylor, Jalen Hurd. Yeah, maybe the success wasn't there, but in terms of what the level of talent was and yeah, what they could see translating into their system, they've taken they've taken guys from Tennessee that there was definitely potential with utilizing. Jalen never got to reach said potential due to injury. Jawan Jennings has reached said potential uh, and is going to continue to grow in this offense. Bayless Jones could be the next product out of that school that could come into San Francisco and start having an impact within a year or two. Yeah, grit and toughness is something that comes out of Tennessee. <clears throat> uh, especially, I mean, Jawan Jennings, the dog video, the highlight video is one of the best ever. And then you have Velas Jones. His highlight video is impressive as well. Um, he's just one of those guys that doesn't play in and play out, though. So if you watch a game of Ellis Jones, you just see him consistently competing. Uh, those are the kind of people that you want on the 49ers because those are guys who love football. The 49ers are about building an atmosphere of players who love football. Um, but he's got an elite trait, too, because he runs a 4-3. So anytime you got that, uh, definitely checks a couple boxes. Uh, you, you're not wrong there, man. You're not yep. wrong there. And Tyquan Thornton, similar sort of situation there. Back into the draft, and 6-2 size frame, uh, fast as well. So there's the upside there and a Baylor gentleman, shocking, a, B- a Baylor gentleman, two schools back to back where the Niners have taken some players from said schools with, that can do some different dynamic things. Now, Taekwon, I think of, of the of the other guys that we've just named is probably the least dynamic of, of the two that we just talked about, less versatile than Bo Melton, uh, not as much of an impact in the receiving game as Valus Jones in terms of how you can utilize him right now. He's more of an over the top straight line guy or middle crossing, middle of the field type receiver, but that's fine because... The San Francisco 49ers, number one, are looking for someone to take the top off the defense. And uh, I don't know if everyone's known this or not or noticed the past few years. Operating over the middle of the field, kind of a big deal in Kyle Shanahan's offense. It is. And so adding somebody that can take the top off is important. That's going to free up the space, you know, for George Kittle, for James Mitchell. Um, Sorry, I already put him on the team. Uh, Just it, it's it's one of those things that is fun, you know. So you, uh, you're you going to create opportunities for these wide receivers over the middle of the field. We know the 49ers rely on the play-action pass. That creates the void. 
The other thing that makes that void even bigger is having a receiver that could take the top off. Kyle Shannon understands what his offense needs. He's went Marquise Goodwin. He's went Travis Benjamin. He even tried uh, the big guy, Kevin, what's his name? That was a... a Oh, um, it was like a, a top 10 pick from Chicago. Kevin White. White. Kevin White. He even tried him. I mean, he's tried everything. He hasn't been able to find that guy. If well, they... hey, and, and the Eagles could cut J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in, in training camp, and maybe they'll bring him in as a hybrid now, tight end. Uh, tight end, yes. Uh, Speed-wise, uh, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone that can burn like Tyquan Thornton. But you see Arcega-Whiteside now is transitioning? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he's transitioning now. That, that's a smart move. It I is. think a lot of wide receivers are, are going to go this route because start this move. tight ends are now <clears throat> a viable option because you're making money. Yep. Um, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, these guys have changed the market for tight ends. That's what they were trying to do. And now bigger receivers who are maybe a step slow to play receiver, maybe can't create separation, are going to translate because tight ends that can catch is more valuable than ever. True. It is more valuable than it's ever been, Ant. Um, and, you know, we talked about this when, yeah. when Jordan Matthews made the switch last year. People were like, oh, this can't work. This, and you and I were sitting here going, this could be the new wave of thing that you start seeing. Guys who are in this 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", range that have decent size already that could stand to put on another 10, 15, 20 pounds of muscle may do so. May do so and make the flip over to tight end because especially if you can demonstrate that you have good or at least decent blocking technique on the outside and you're a willing blocker, teams will take a flyer on that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of ability there. You're talking about Jordan Matthews. It was also Kelvin Benjamin. And if he didn't start a fight with Joe Judge uh, and get judged right out of New York, he potentially could have been a big time player. Uh, somebody that I, I watched and has a lot of skills, but would have the transition to tight end, I think, could have extended his career big time. He could Huge. have had a, a Jimmy Graham type of, of rise. But um, unfortunately, um, the, the judge won on that one. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Judge also judged himself right out of New York, so there's that. And, shocking. In a shocking development, running a running a quarterback sneak on third and 12 from your own five. Is... Yeah, well, I mean, if, if any of our, our past skits show anything, we all know that it was never supposed to be Judge. It was never supposed to be Judge. Or was, Joe. Joe Judge. It was supposed Joe to be Judge, Judge, Judge Brown. Uh, Joe, yeah. Joe Brown, yeah. Judge. So, um, but maybe, the, maybe, the cool thing is the, the, the big people phase is, is, is gone, right? It is, I mean, you'd think so. You'd think it's gone, Yeah. you never quite know, TCC. You never quite know. <laughs> Who's the next gentleman on your list for draft gems for the offense? Andy? Um, Yeah, this is not a big guy, Um, but this is Ezra Gray, running back uh, from Alabama State. He's 5'9", 185 pounds, and he's, a, he's an exciting watch. Now, the question with him is going to be his speed and his size. He's not very big, and then the 4'6 speed doesn't jump off. Now, he looks faster on film. He's one of those guys that's a little bit more football fast uh, than just straight-ahead speed fast. Um. But he's a one-cut-and-go guy, so he fits the 49er system. He's explosive getting through the hole, so that was something I liked. He's a kick returner, and that's where some of that speed is, speed is on display as he had kick return touchdowns against Division I teams. Uh, he had one against Auburn, and then he had a really nice kick return against Florida State. So I think this guy shows that ability and explosiveness to be able to compete at that level, and then he's elusive in the open field. So that was something I really liked about Ezra Gray, and I think he'd be a potential undrafted free agent for the 49ers. I don't think he's going to go in the top seven rounds, but a, a guy to, to watch for to see if they bring into camp and see what they got there because we know they would love to create competition in the third down back situation. They would, and yeah. they really would, and, and the guy you just brought up is not a, a bad option in that regard. Uh, another running back kind of prospect would be probably an undrafted guy that similar measurables in terms of the size might translate better as a third down back right now coming into San Francisco and has similar sorts of questions in the breakaway speed. Jermaine Martin running back NC a and T so North Carolina, a and T five, 10 and 220 pounds. 
Um, probably closer to being a, a mid 4-4, maybe even a low 4-4 type guy. Now, there is some nice stuff on film of him breaking away and getting away from defenders and guys not catching him, but it just doesn't look like he's super speedy. It doesn't look like he's the most explosive, and he is playing against lower-level-esque competition and doesn't have the same level of big plays that Ezra Gray has against higher-quality levels of schools and talents. So there is questions in terms of can that translate, but if you watch him, Ant, fairly patient runner, very good at finding the hole and hitting the crease, and once he realizes and sees you know, his crease and opening in, in, in the area and space he wants to attack. He gets his foot down in the ground and upfield in a hurry and accelerates very well. Um, I like a lot of that out of him. I don't know if I think this is like the greatest thing in the world, but undrafted wise, this guy could come in and immediately supplant himself as a third down running back option for the Niners and maybe improve the room. Yeah, I do like his balance, I, 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 you know, his size and balance. 220 pounds is a big physical running back and he runs big and physical the way he's able to operate with his, you know, lowering his shoulder, but sliding off of, you know, potential contact is very nice. He stays very balanced and within himself. He's able to, you know, to cut on demand. Um, a little bit more elusive than I anticipated being 220 pounds. I like that. Uh, to me, he's like baby Natron means out there. I mean, that's what he looks like, baby Natron. Um, and, he, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good runner. And overall, I liked him. My questions were the speed. And that's what we talked about, you know, off air as well, is I'm just worried about the top end speed. However... It is evident when he's running that no one runs him down, whether that's level of competition or what. It, he does have enough juice in the tank uh, to go ahead and be able to get, you know, 20, 25, 30 yards if he makes the right read. And he is somebody that has pretty good vision as as an undrafted free agent. I love this. Bring him into camp. Let him compete. If it doesn't happen, you stack him on the practice squad. Uh, to me, that'd be a, a solid move. And I think that's kind of what we're doing right now is looking at players that we could potentially stack on the practice squad. Uh, that you know the Niners could develop and that way if you have the injury wave you had last year you have guys that you're ready to plug and play that can do some of the similar things and this guy right here would be a short yardage back right away uh I like that I do like that a lot look let's I don't want to get too far into other guys right now without talking about at least bringing up Alec Lindstrom center out of Boston College there you go the only reason is sliding down boards for some reason people are feeling bottom almost 200s now in some places in terms of where he's you know, his ranking is and where he's being mocked. I know if we're, if you're on PFF and you take him anywhere before about 180, you're going to get an F grade ant because they just absolutely hate him. You and I have watched the film. The film does not lie to us. The intelligence level is there. The IQ is there. This is a guy who understands what is his role is within an offense. And he goes out and executes it at a high level, snap in and snap out. Uh, I don't understand how people could look at the film and watch him and not think that there's something special about what he does on the football field. Boston College's strength has been running the football. When BC is at its best, they're running the football, and he's the one leading the charge in that area. Yeah, one of the problems with one of your elite traits being your intelligence and the way that you see the game and are able to move people around on the field is often is not recognized. Okay. And I think that's what's happening to Lindstrom right now is that value is not being equated in his value. Um, so I think the 49ers would be a team that would definitely see him as a player that makes sense for their scheme, and then he's going to be able to operate said scheme. We've talked a lot about Kyle Shanahan only wanting to bring in veteran centers, but if you're going to get a guy that has it up here all the way, you could potentially bring in that guy and he could develop quickly. Sitting one year under Alex Mack or Daniel Brunskill, and potentially this guy's ready to roll for the next you know three years with Trey Lance, and then potentially is his center the entire time. I think that's something that's intriguing to the 49ers. And one reason why you can't pay attention to how people are going up and down, because these teams and these and these uh, staffers often will put out bad information to try to get players to drop when, in fact, the, the film hasn't changed. So if you loved the guy 
you know, it, when you started watching him in January, how do you not love him now? Now, you could fall in love with more as you watch more film, but I don't know how all of a sudden you go from, hey, this guy's a second-round talent to this guy's a fifth-round uh, fifth talent. That makes me question your scouting in general. So if you've went that far in the next few months, I don't know if I trust your ability to grade my draft pick. So I don't really care about that. What I care about is what I see on film. And to me, I see a guy that should go in the late second, early third round. So if you're able to get him at 134 or you're able to get him at 172, I'm making that pick every single day. That's a great pick for you. That's great value. You're bringing in a smart, intelligent guy who loves football and has a football pedigree. So bring him in and, and let him compete. I love Alec Lindstrom. I love this as well, Ant, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. I, yeah. don't, I don't understand how how you get here. I don't know how you get here. I don't know why you would get here. I don't know why you'd want to get here. Um, it seems like you're nitpicking, right? You're nitpicking yeah. measurables. You're nitpicking things to try and find something wrong, and whether that is teams putting it out there, hoping he falls so they have a better chance of grabbing said player because they want to get other things as well, or whether that's just scouts being scouts. And in an, in an era where you have thousands of people to look at, and you st the more you watch, the more you see things that you really like in certain players. And maybe you've watched a guy and you've really liked him, but there's these other guys who have these other measurables that you think could translate better to the league, but you've already put this guy in the spot. You have to find negatives to try and move said person down a peg so you can move other people up into areas where you want them on your draft boards. Uh, the problem is, is when you do stuff like that, you start negating production, right? What you've seen on film. Potential is nice, but potential has to become something. Uh, Alec Lindstrom has potential and has produced. He's done both things. So he should be closer to where he was at the start of this draft process, not where he's fallen to now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is one of those things where people are talking people out of what they actually know. True. Go with what you know. Um, you know, and we're, everyone's talking about the size and the reason that he doesn't have natural NFL size. He's six foot four. He's 300 pounds. That sounds like a great size center to me. Solid. Um, he's going to be able to anchor. He does really well in his own blocking scheme. Don't talk yourself out of it. Just go ahead and go get into it. That is one of the things about the draft process that is so interesting and consuming is how people are, allow themselves to get talked in and talked out of certain players. Sure. Um, don't listen to the noise. Go off what you see. And what you see is usually not going to lie because the film doesn't lie. Uh, very rarely. Uh, very rarely. Who's the next prospect, though? Yeah. Who's the next guy so, you got? So this one we know JL is going to love, and that's Isaiah Weston. Oh, yeah. uh, six foot four, 210 pounds oh, out yeah. of northern Iowa. Uh, interesting, Jay, Jay Ellie kind of pushed us this way. We both watched the film. This is a guy that right away fits the mold of what you're looking for, for that guy that can stretch the field that's tall. 6'4", 210 is a nice size. Hey, hello, Christian Watson size, right? That's exactly what he is. He ran a 4'4", so he's not the sub 4'3 guy that Watson is. It's close, though. But that's fast enough, right, in the NFL. I liked his hands. I thought he had great soft hands. He's a tough runner. And a deep route connoisseur is what I wrote. Uh, this guy is about the deep route. He's about stretching the field. The other areas of his game definitely need to be worked on, and that's why he's going to go later in the draft. But if you're looking for a guy that you can get later in the in the draft that you could potentially turn into what you need, which is that stretch the field big target, this is that guy. Now, one of the negatives that I saw was he's slow to start it sometimes and get going in his routes. Okay. If he wasn't, he would be even more explosive than he is that's a good sign. And that's crazy that you just said that because I have right here, um, I have concerns about intermediate route running, intermediate and short comeback sort of routes because there wasn't an explosion. However, at times, I have it literally right here, at times he explodes off snap better than some wide receivers I've seen in this draft. There are times Ant, where he comes off and the first yeah. two to three steps are incredible. And those are the ones he wins on. Exactly. Those yeah. are the ones where he, and, and not just wins. 
he wins by like a mile. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even close, but it's not consistent. It's no, not consistent that right. way. Um, I have here burner, 6-4-2-4-2-10, like you said. Burner, yeah. solid release package. I do like the way he gets out of press coverage. I think he's dynamic in that way. The different, the issue is, is how quick it is getting in and out of said breaks and in and out of said release. I do like the elite speed to take the to take the top off and and the frame. He's very good at using his body to go up in space and make contested catches. I saw that a lot. Um, I don't know if necessarily the run after the catch ability is there. You don't, you don't see it as much on film because it's either him catching the ball and getting tackled after he's burned a guy and his quarterback underthrew him, or his quarterback puts the ball in space and he's beating the guy by 15 yards and he's walking casually into the end zone, flexing on everybody. Um, but I do think he is wonderful in zone as well. He's very good at getting to his spot and then throttling down, staying open in space and letting his quarterback hit him. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of development that can happen there. And this is True. one of those guys you're taking a chance on the late True. rounds and, and betting on that deep route potential. Um, he is definitely a connoisseur of the deep route. I mean, this mm -hmm. guy knows how to deep route better than uh, most players in the draft. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he was a fun watch, and I think that he could definitely develop into something the 49ers need because when it, when it comes down to it, that's something they're looking for in that room is that guy that's big, tall, that can take the top off the defense, and this guy could definitely do it. Uh, definitely could, Ant. Definitely could do it. And I'm going to stick at the wide receiver position. Yeah. But I'm going to go to someone, Ant, who isn't as known for the deep route. Someone who didn't do as many deep route things. But he did go to the University of Kentucky, but his name's not Wandale Robinson. It's Josh Ali. 5'11", 187 pounds. I think he's a shifty route runner. He feels very pigeonholed into the slot in terms of the things he does in a system. But I think he'd be very dynamic in said slot position. Solid vision. Fluidly changes direction without having to slow down. Patient knows when to hit the seam or the crease. So on screens, they utilize them in screens a lot. Screens a lot. Very patient. Very not not necessarily bouncy back and forth, but sets up blocks very well. Gets inside. Gets guys to get to a leverage point. Allows his linemen or blockers out in space to get themselves set and then foot in the ground and get up into the spot. Uh, I think he would thrive middle of the field and offenses that operate middle of the field. San Francisco would be a great right. place. He knows when to throttle down his own coverage and keep himself open. He has some top-end seed, but it isn't present on film. So you wonder you wonder if that top-end speed is like kind of a mirage sort of thing, like with, with we saw at Elijah Mitchell where he ran right 4-3 at, the, at, the, at his pro day, and then you get into the league, and it's like, okay, well, that is, that's not 4-3 speed. And you watch the film, that's not 4-3 speed. I think he ran like a 4 I think he ran like a 4-5 on his, on his pro day, but you watch the film, and it doesn't look like 4-5. It looks maybe more like 4-6, 4-6-5, maybe getting to the low 4-7s. However, however, he does get away from people. So this guy catches the ball. And when he catches the ball, and much like David Bell, when you watch David Bell's film, when yeah. David Bell's not speedy, but when he catches the ball, he knows exactly where to go and get to the next area in space. Josh Lee is the very same way. The only difference, a little bit slender. So I worry about him being able to withstand and take the punishment operating over the middle of the field. But late in this draft, late round sort of flyer guy in Josh Lee, I don't, I don't hate this. Okay, Joshua Lee. I didn't watch a lot of film of Joshua Lee. I'm gonna let everyone just uh, savor the flavors of what you just said, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears because I'm gonna go to another wide receiver, and I've been teasing this for a, a week or so now. It's true, yeah. and that is D Derek Young, six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds from Lenore Rhine. Uh, this is a guy I stumbled on shockingly when I went down the rabbit hole that was uh, watching a bunch of different players, and he was somebody that I really liked. Number one, he's a big target, six three, two twenty. Uh, is is Jawan Jennings size. Um, maybe even a little bit taller. Uh, and then I put wide back with a question mark. Here's why. Because in the system that he played in, not only did he play wide receiver, not only did he line up in, in line as a tight end, but he also played wing back and ran the football as well at a traditional double wing run sets. Um, to me, that those are some of the things I saw. He had some great vision. Uh, 
And then he's a good blocker. I mean, this guy comes off the edge and he lays people out. So he fits the 49er scheme. And with that size, you couple that. Uh, and he, he's able to do the things that you need him to do in a variety of different ways. Positionless player, Alex. Somebody the Niners can definitely use. It's going to be a late round pick. And here's the here's the kicker. The guy ran a high 4-4. Four, four. Uh, he's like a 4-4-9 four, four, guy. So basically a 4-5. Four, 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 That's plenty of speed to be able to translate to the NFL. Speed's not a question at that size. The only thing with him is he's still a developmental route runner. So he's an average route runner right now. That's something that has to get better. Um, but I think you're looking at all the skill sets that you have potentially as a late round, late seventh round pick or potentially undrafted free agent. He would make a lot of sense for the Niners because of what they like to do with their wide receivers. Mister, If we hold on to Mr. Irrelevant, Ant, I love this pick. Right. This guy. Um, and the big thing, Ant, is size, speed. All of those things are great. But blocking. I blocking talking about someone who comes in and on film and it stands out the blocking in the run game not only how willing he is ant how dominant he is at times and and how much he puts his body on the line to block for his fellow teammates this is the kind of guy that in a couple of years ant if juan jennings continues his elevation and his rise you can say goodbye to juan jennings and let him walk in free agency because you got this guy down there who you know it can go in there and block the very capable level but also can fill other wide back-esque roles. That was the crazy thing watching his film. Um, when, when you start sitting down and looking at it, just how many different spots he actually plays in the offense, it's like, Jimmy Christmas, dude. The IQ on you is just through the roof. You understand the game, where you're supposed to be, how your alignments are supposed to be, what your responsibilities are at each position as well. Um, that that's a, that's a special type of player. Not a lot of football players can handle one position in terms of having to understand all of your roles and responsibilities, let alone three or four. Yeah, he's a Swiss Army knife and a Swiss Army knife at six foot three, which is a little bit different than Kyle Yushek, for instance. Adding these players to your roster is always important because then you can use them in a variety of different ways. It also confuses the defense on what the personnel groupings they want to have out there. True. I mean, this guy could be in and line up at fullback. He could line up at H back. He could line up in line as a tight end. You could put him in the power slot or you can line him about wide. And all the while you're wondering when this guy's going to get the ball out of the backfield. I mean, that's just. And the potential he has. Now, he doesn't have the explosive nature of Debo Samuel. Like, don't get no. me wrong there. Doesn't um, run the same way. Right. No. The hips and things like that, they, you know, they're not as fluid as some of the more dynamic players, but you see the potential of what he could do. And the fact that with the blocking, he was willing to go down and cut players when that was asked of him. You don't see too many wide receivers that are willing to do that. That's usually a tight end trait uh, or a fullback trait. And this guy is willing to do that. He's willing to do whatever you need. Uh, he's a football player, and I like that. So you, you add football players with a lot of versatility to your team, especially late in the draft. That would be where you get value because um, if you're not doing a bunch of different things, you're probably not making the 49ers team if you're a late-round pick. Uh, there's a good chance you're not going to do that. You're really, really yeah. not going to. Uh, so the, uh, the, the gentleman out of Lenore Ryan, and uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Derek or Derek? I'm, I'm not sure entirely what it I'm is. I'm going to go with Derek. But... You're going to go with Derek? It could. And I think you're right. I think it is Derek, uh, regardless. Uh Derek, Derek is special. He's a special he's, he's a good player, and if you haven't watched any film on him, go check it out. Uh, it's a pretty fun watch. Uh, definitely is a fun watch, Ant. Uh, a guy that we both just stumbled upon before coming into Offensive Draft Gems recording session was a running back out of Duke, Mateo Durant, who, within the first couple of plays, there's a dive from about seven yards out over the top of two, two gentlemen into the end zone, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to watch this film now because that's an, that's an impressive feat. This is a very interesting prospect because, Ant, uh, if there's one thing that stands out on Mateo Durant uh, film, it's speed. Long stride, all of those things. The problem with him is elusivity. He doesn't look like he's a very elusive back. doesn't look like he's someone who breaks a lot of 
arm tackles or his tackles in general if he has to shift and change directions he's not a shifting running back but talk about straight line speed ant and a guy who just gets upfield and goes uh, this gentleman has it in spades yeah he does he's a long strider and sometimes long striders struggle with you know quick area quickness and being able to shift gears and juke a defender in the open field that elusiveness is not there what is there is once he hits the hole if there's a hole there he's going to absolutely go through it with tremendous speed uh, he's very fast and he's top end speed as soon as he hits the hole. Those were things that really stood out for sure. Uh, 6'1", 195, and he looks 6'1", 195. Like he's a big running back. Uh, I think he could actually put on a little bit more size without losing the speed. But I know you said you saw that he was around a 4'3", guy. That's tremendous speed for a running back. He was a guy that was productive. Even though he didn't play a lot of games, he still had over 1,400 yards uh, for Duke. So that's impressive. He's only got 18 career starts under his belt. Yeah, and that's that's both receiving and and, and running the football. That's, yeah. that's total yards. Uh, but to me, he's an interesting prospect late. You maybe take a chance on him, see what he can do in the open field. Uh, potentially, if he can be a one-cut-and-go one guy, I think he can. Um, but I, I think he's at least somebody to take a look at because of the speed. Now, I brought up to you potentially this guy could transition to wide receiver. We've seen him catch the ball. He was pretty good at it. If he was good at route running and could make that transition, maybe he's a guy that developmentally you draft and then you work on switching him positions. He hovers on your practice squad for one year and then you see what you got out of him because the size and measurables uh, to me sound like a wide receiver and potentially a guy you could put in the slot and, and see how he develops. Uh, you definitely could. You definitely could. You brought it up and mentioned it while we're watching the film and I was like, Look at this guy again just thinking everyone else alex is in here thinking in the box ants out here drawing drawing lines to things that could be and what the box could look like uh not not content with staying in said box and, and you're not wrong with, yeah. with staying without with not wanting to stay in consent box because that 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 box that we're talking about putting players in this guy has dynamic ability and in, in different things that could transition very well into a receiver aspect but you're right. It's going to have to be late because uh, you don't know what the route running looks like. There's not a lot of film on this guy running routes. No, I think he's an undrafted free agent. I think that's when you take the opportunity to go ahead and sign and bring him in and then see what he can do. And then you stash him on your practice squad and uh, see what you're going to get out of him. But uh, I think that a lot of times what you do is you, you'll you see a guy with elite traits and you see like the position they play. And you're like, oh, well, they're that position. They don't have to be. Um, you can create a position for him. Lawrence Taylor had a position created for him. Charles True. Haley had a position created for him. Uh, Jalen Hurd was getting a position created for him. Debo Samuel is that guy as well. You can create positions for players that have elite skills because that's what intelligent coaches do. And I think that Kyle Shanahan is one of those guys that proves it more than anyone. And I think that's what Mike McDaniel is going to do there in Miami as well. You find players that have elite traits and then you build something for them so that way you can use those traits. Stop putting them in a box and take yourself out of it and let yourself be free, and then you can create something special. Uh, very true, Ant. Very, very true. Uh, wide receiver, I have another one. Uh, Mr. Tanner Connor out of Idaho State, 6'2", 226. Ant, he was a 60-meter hurdle champion at Ohio State, two Idaho State, excuse me, two separate years. You watch the film, speed is apparent. All of his routes coming off the ball look the same. His release package is hard to predict as well because he releases very well, like the same as well when you when you line up in certain ways. So he's very precise about what he does. He has shown great vision with the ball in his hands and patience to set up blocks. He was utilized in some fly sweep situations at Idaho State. And when he gets the ball, very patient coming around, explodes off and very good at pressing to the line, pressing to an area, getting a guy to commit setting up his block and then cutting up offset block. So vision is there. I think he has untapped run after the catch ability. Um, and I think that could be hundred percent unlocked in San Francisco because 
I mean, we've seen it with the Rack Bros. This is something that they do. He wasn't asked to do a lot of that at Idaho State. He was asked more to stretch the field vertically and comeback routes, something that the Niners don't have a lot of receivers that do a lot of comeback routes because we haven't had the quarterback to throw them, and so his skill set may actually transition very well to San Francisco, and you can get him in the seventh or as an undrafted free agent, so it makes a lot of sense. You don't have to take a lot of risk on that. My questions are, though, just route running overall in general because he be able to consistently create separation. He does have top-end speed, but it doesn't always show in terms of his separation at the college level. So question marks. Yeah, I like his competitiveness. He goes up for the football and, and brings down the football. I didn't watch a, a ton of film with this guy, but from what I saw, the competitive nature is there. Um, and he has the athletic ability to be able to produce. Um, you think of a faster River Craycraft. That's what you're going to get out of this guy. Yeah, He's a guy that's really out there competing all the time. Um, so somebody that has special teams ability. So, yeah, you bring him in late. I think potentially he's going to be an undrafted free agent, but has some skill sets to be able to compete and get uh, people excited about what they see in camp. So, yeah, I like that possibility. The another guy that I really like is Caden Davis, um, six foot one, 190 pounds out of Northwest Missouri State. Mm, you gotta miss, love mr smooth you gotta love yeah you gotta love that and that's exactly right mr smooth he's a 4-4 speed guy so he's got the speed um i like the size of 61190 and he's really good at routes i mean this guy's gonna get better at routes but he's good at routes he has great hands and he's smooth i mean he's he's so smooth he's i don't think you guys smooth. understand how smooth this guy is. uh he runs the routes and like everything is just clean there's no wasted motion uh, a lot of times if his quarterback would have got him the football out in front like he was supposed to, it would have been even more touchdowns. This guy is a tremendous watch. I think he's a very, very uh, good prospect, and I would be willing to draft this guy. I would draft him as high as the comp picks of the sixth round. I mean, if, 220, if 221. 220, mm -hmm. 221, I would take him. I know the level of competition is going to be a question, but I see a guy that transcends level of competition with the 4-4 speed and the route running would be able to compete with the big boys right away. He can definitely compete with the big boys right away. It's not, don't get me wrong, it's not the best route running of every wide receiver prospect, but it's not by far the worst route running. Um, he is right desk smack down the middle of, of good route runners that are coming out in this draft class, right. Ant, and efficient. Efficient, efficient, efficient. I can't say efficient as many times as efficient as he is. Literally nothing he does is wasted. There's no hitches. There's no slowdowns. Everything feels like it builds to something more, right? He he breaks, he comes off of his brakes, Ant, and it's smooth. It, it, it feels like he's gliding across the field. He catches the ball without having to slow down and then glides into his next one, then cuts up between two guys. No slip, glides through that and it just continues accelerating. It feels like everything this guy does is just this constantly. There's no having to stop and go, but that's the thing is he is stopping and going. You watch his film, and he is changing directions. He is shifting. It doesn't feel like there's a stop, and it feels like he puts his foot in the ground and then teleports to the left, or teleports to the right, or teleports straight between two guys who are cutting him off, or you know, taking a kickoff on a reverse. The very first clip I've watched of him coming around, right, and he's getting around the outside of his blockers. And he's trying to get to the edge, and there's a kicker and another gentleman who definitely have the angle. I mean, you watch them; they got the angle. They don't have the angle, and yeah. by the time they get there and he's there, it, it it's too late. And it's like, how? Because based on where he was, how he started, and the way he was running, it looked like he was at top speed 15 yards ago. And no, there's still more. It just continues to build. Uh, I, I think this guy is, is special. Uh, I don't think I've seen a prospect, especially at the wide receiver's position, that's as smooth as he is on film. You found yourself a, an incredible gem here. Yeah, I liked it. And I liked the way he sat down in zone. I, I thought he did a really good job. He had a nice feel. And then he worked back to the football. Oh, yeah. Like, those are things that some of the college players struggle with. You know, that ability to work back towards the football, you know, present yourself, get the catch, and then get upfield and get positive yardage. 
and I saw that from him. Um, also, no wasted uh, motion as far as when the catches in the or when the ball's in the air, he makes a catch and doesn't slow down. Uh, this is a Kyle Shanahan trait. I wonder how you know if this guy is on the 49ers radar. I think he should be um, because I think he has a lot of potential in the league. He's one of those guys that could be a hidden gem, and I really liked him a lot. And you you are correct. This is definitely a hidden gem. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with him. Yeah. And hopefully it's San Francisco. There you go. Hopefully it's San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get to a, a couple of my tight end prospects, because as you know, uh, I've got three. I've got three, and they weren't your gentleman, James Mitchell, uh, who is absolutely fantastic and phenomenal. was probably the best tight end in this entire draft. But if you miss on a guy like this, or if someone wises up and decides to take this guy earlier, then the Niners could potentially and get him. Might. And they very well could. They, they could do that. Uh, I got a couple of names, but I'm going to start with the a guy that I talked about last year. I ended up Boston College now. It was Jacksonville State originally. It was. Yeah. Uh, Trey Berry, raw prospect. He's got extremely strong hands, 6'6", 246 pounds. So I'm going to start with the negative because the negative is a big concern, and the negative might immediately turn the TCC off and be like, yeah, no, skip. We're moving forward in this. He's hampered by knee injuries in 2019 and 2021. He's been dealing with a handful of knee injuries. You could tell this year, especially when you watch him move around, he labored a little bit, actually more than I saw him on film in in 2020. Um, So there's concerns about long-term durability in his health. However, he's a physical tight end. He knows how to use his body in space. In the blocking aspect, he doesn't dominate Ant, but extremely willing, engages, gets guys to the right spot, not overly like blowing dudes off the football but there is some iq stuff in terms of him understanding who he's supposed to be going after he's not completely polished as a blocking tight end but he's solid as a blocking tight end he's good enough at the moment um he is he does have a little stiffness in his hips but i i look at a guy like that six six who's got a little stiffness in his hips i don't think he plays too high but i think there's a lot to work with here and here's the great news because of the injuries and everything that's going on with him he is going to be going at the back end of this draft. So you don't have to draft this guy high. You could probably get this guy as an undrafted free agent, potentially, in Trey Berry. Um, I, I like this prospect a lot. I like a lot of the things that I see out of him. There's just a lot of question marks. And if and if he goes through his whole process here leading up to the draft, or you bring him in as an undrafted free agent, and he passes all of his physicals, his medical looks good, I don't hate this option of the Niners taking a look at this. Yeah, I like I like the elite trade of being six foot six. I mean, this is something that I think the 49ers could add in their tight end room for sure. You know, George Kittle's a big tight end, but we having a tight end that can play at that level um, at, of, of height and be able to go get jump balls and things is something that's definitely enticing. Trey Berry was one of those guys you were high on last year, um, and then he ended up not coming out. Uh, so I, he was somebody that we watched on film for a couple of years now, and he moved, made the move to Boston College. Uh, and it didn't work out the way that I think he was expecting it to. And it won a sad turn of events too, right? BC starting quarterback goes down. Uh, he ends up with a knee injury, and he was still second on the team in receiving yards. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like this, guy, this guy's got some potential, and as an undrafted free agent, I think there's a lot of value there. And that's why we've been talking Cole Turner from Nevada. Mm-hmm. Six foot six, I can do the same sort of things, a similar size. So we have an idea of what the 49ers should do at the tight end position now. I think... James Mitchell, to me, fits the 49ers mold right now. Way better than but anyone else. Those elite traits that you're talking about with Trey Berry and with Cole Turner and you know these other six foot six plus tight ends are something you can't ignore because they add an, a different aspect to the 49ers that they don't have right now. Right now, having four tight ends, they're going to bring in a tight end. So if that's somebody that they draft or somebody that's undrafted, they're going to have somebody at least come through training camp that's um, going to be able to compete. So maybe it could be one of these guys. They have brought in undrafted tight ends, I think, the last three years. Um, so sure. potentially Trey Berry could be one of those guys. You ain't wrong there, Ant. Uh, you, you're not wrong there. Another guy that I have, uh, and I'll save my other one for after your next gentleman. The other one I have is 
Tight end Daniel Amatabibi from Kansas State. He was originally from USC, so Horst, there, there you go. That was for you, my guy. Um, he also spent a year at Illinois in 2020, so he's bounced around a lot of different schools. But talk about a guy who's extremely athletic and shows a lot of promise run after the catch ability um, and, and has pretty strong hands, pretty solid route runner as well. The big question mark with this gentleman is the blocking because K-State did not use him in run blocking situations. Um, and when he was in, in certain situations where they asked him to pass pro or to, to run block, I'll just leave it at that. I, no words to describe it. Um, he's doing his best. It's not very good. It's not very solid. Uh, but in terms of a receiving option, this is a guy who's very polished as a receiving option, but is definitely a developmental tight end in terms of what you need him to do as a blocking option. This would definitely be a guy that you'd be bringing in to develop to see, but undrafted free agent-wise, and that 6'4 frame and the speed that I've seen on film, I do like it. Yeah, and in, in, in a shocking development, there was Josh Matterbeebe, former of U, former player from USC who transferred to Illinois oh. uh, and played wide receiver that was pretty high on last year. Mm. I really liked him. He was an undrafted free agent as well. I, I believe this is a relation. So you think so? Yeah, I I, I don't think there's too many just a matter BBs running just around walking with, around. Yeah, but it, stuff. Uh, you're right. I mean, watching the film, he's a guy that was pretty nimble, uh, able to move around in the open space, make contested catches, which is a good thing is receiving department he does a very good job but like you said he's a complete liability in the blocking right now uh somebody that was gonna have to develop but the 49ers brought in tight end last year that was a liability in the blocking department as an adaptive free agent as well so this is something that they will do they'll take a flyer on because blocking is a trait that you can teach right you can't teach some of the athletic ability and some of the natural ability to go get the football but you can teach blocking that's an acquired thing so sometimes you take a chance on a talent. So potentially as an undrafted free agent, he could be one of those guys. I definitely think the 49ers should have him on the radar for that. I think him and Trey Berry are definitely undrafted guys. If Cole Turner somehow went undrafted, he would be another guy as well. A very true answer. Very true. And we're starting to run out of options for tight ends. Uh, who's another guy on your list? Who you got? Um, this one I, I've been waiting for, and it's actually one of my favorite running backs in the entire draft, and that's Jemias Williams, five foot nine, 190 pounds from Georgia State. I've been kind of just waiting on this one uh, for this episode, but he, he's a really, really good football player. And I love his balance. I love his vision. I love his explosiveness when he decides what he's going to do. He puts his foot in the ground and he goes. To me, he's an absolute scheme fit for the 49ers, um, and I like him. And he's one of those guys that he doesn't look tremendously fast on film, uh, but he gets the job done. And I think that this is a guy that went to South Carolina. He was supposed to, and he was a defensive back there, ended up tra transferring to Georgia State. And started and, as a DB there, too. And, yeah and then becomes a running back, and I, I think that that's why he's not as high on some people's radar right now, but I see the potential, the developmental aspects of his game. I'd be ready to slot this guy in as a potential third down back that could compete with Jamichael Hasty, and then eventually develop into a three down back, because even though he's 5'9", 190, he does play bigger than that. This was a guy, Ant, that was a top 15 recruit in the entire country when he was coming into college. C was calling, South Carolina was calling, he had a handful of SEC teams, and he was pegged as an athlete. He played running back. He played wide receiver. He played DB. He played, he did everything. He did it all. He settled at cornerback because cornerback was the highest position he was rated at coming into college. You think he was like the 12th ranked corner in the country or something like that. Gets to South Carolina and does some nice things in the first few years. Has a shoulder injury. Ends up transferring out of South Carolina and ends up at Southern Georgia. Starting off as a DB there and then they decide, hey, you know what? We're going to give this a shot here at the old running back spot and immediately uptick in production. And then you watch his film and it's like, holy cow, the vision, 
how he sees things, the way he gets through the holes, um, you know, the, the patience that he has. It's Elijah Mitchell-esque in terms of the vision and some of the things that he does, but there's not that necessarily that speed, and it's not the same type of size and the, the running style of Elijah Mitchell, but this is an immediate upgrade at, at your third down back spot. I mean, this guy could replace Jermichael. He's a better version of what Jermichael Hasty is. Um, I love a lot of the things that I saw out of Jemais Williams the minute you brought him up, the very first time that you started teasing him to me. Um, it was hard to find film on him. And then all of a sudden over the last month and a half, there's a lot of film available on him everywhere. And it's great. And yeah. it's glorious because I get to watch more of this guy in actual game footage instead of uh, other things and practice footage and, and things like that. So it's like, okay, th there is something special about this kid and where he's going to be going as well, Ant. This is a steal. This is a guy who was one of the better prospects in the country. And you can even find a video of him on YouTube. Right now, it's him at uh, an under-the-radar camp. I think it's an Adidas all-star camp. And under-the-radar is doing video. And it's him and Jerry Judy going one-on-one -on -one in a drill. Uh, and he's staying with and hanging with Jerry Judy for the entirety of the time. And Jerry Judy is, is a high-level athlete at the NFL level. So if you're worried about athleticism, speed, things of that nature with, with Jemais Williams, he's shown that he can be it. And there's also the underappreciated aspect of the return game, Ant, which he didn't do at the college level as much, but he did at a high level, very high level at the high school level. It's still there. Yeah, the, the dude's got some skills and, and some ability. Um, and before you pitch your next guy, I'm going to throw one guy out there. I'm not going to get a deep in there, but it's a Darius White um, coming out of South Carolina. Since we were talking about South Carolina and the 49ers have an affinity for South Carolina players. True. Uh, you know, 6'1", over 200 pounds. Uh, a lot of people talk about he's not elusive, but to me, he's super elusive in the open field. I like his frame. I like his ability to catch the ball in the backfield. And if you're looking for a guy that's more of a bruising style of runner, that could play third downs and third down back and be a, a excellent pass protector. That is somebody I can see coming in and replacing Jamichael Hasty. And they're all over the board with this guy. I've seen him as high as the third round and all the way to undrafted, depending on where you're at. I see this guy as a, a you know potential fourth round pick. That's where I would get him. I think there's tremendous value for a six one running back that could do the things that he can do. Four five speed. Uh, yeah, I, li I like him a lot, and he would be a guy I would target. I don't, uh, I don't hate that. Ant. The the six one four five speed sounds sounds glorious, and I've watched a little bit of film on on Zaquandre, but not as much as I probably should have, and that's because uh, I'm scouring scouring the tape for a lot of people, right? There's a lot of people to to talk about and look at. Um, the one of the last guys, that, well, the last guy I want to talk about is a tight end out of Youngtown State, Andrew yeah. Ogletree, six seven, two hundred and fifty pounds, um, much better blocking option than the other two tight ends I've already named off. Um, much better better blockers than those two are right now, but he's still got a lot of things he can clean up. He gets a little high at times with that 6-7 frame. Doesn't have necessarily the, the strength in his punch that you'd like to see, but doesn't get moved around. I, I very rarely saw him missing blocks where he like whiffed on a guy. He gets his hands on guys and controls guys, but he doesn't necessarily translate it all the time into dominance with 6-7, 250-pound frame that you'd like to see. Uh, but what is apparent, Ant, is the athleticism. It's the catch radius. It's the things he can do as a wideout. Um, it stands out at 6'7". This guy doesn't move like a 6'7", 250-pound dude. He he moves around like a like a 6'4 guy who's like 230, 220. The first time I watched him, in fact, I was like, oh, man, good 6'4 tight end right there, another name to look at. And then I looked at the measurables and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. 6'7"? 6'7"? And you're moving around like that? I He looked taller than everybody else, but I didn't think he looked 6'7 taller than everybody else. Um, it's actually quite impressive. Yeah, way more fluid than like six foot seven Jelani Woods. Oh in my fact. gosh, not even close. Um, where Woods looks like he's lumbering. That's one of the things that you know I've liked about some of the other tight ends compared to Woods that were like six six was the fact they didn't look like they were lumbering. And this guy doesn't lumber at all. He looks like a smooth athlete out there. He's got good hands, able to adjust to the ball in the air. Definitely somebody that's exciting. And you just brought him up to me recently. 
and I got to check out just a short little bit about him. But um, to me, from what I saw, he's a potential player that could add something to the 49ers. Undrafted free agent for sure, but you wonder why he is going to be undrafted because he's one of those guys that's going to come out of nowhere, you know? It's true. Yeah. He's going to come out of nowhere. Is, is, like it, it. is it kind of one of those Julius Thomas type things? Oh, that's solid. Number one, solid name drop just because we actually know him. Yeah. Uh, but number two, you're Do, right. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Literally I really did. I mean, Julius played in the NFL and he played for the Broncos and he caught Peyton Manning's, you know, uh, pass catching, you know, champion. That's greatness. Yeah. Remember the football that was like broke the record or whatever? Yep. Um, and that's great and everything. He's still never going to touch his brother Marcus, though. Uh, Marcus is the funniest dude ever. So there you go. Marcus kills me. Marcus absolutely kills the, me. The, the interview he did uh, uh, when they're talking about his brother, when they do the interview, like the breakdown, still one of my favorite things ever because it's, it's, He's not putting on a show. He's not acting. That's Marcus. That's, that's just how he is. Literally Marcus. Yeah. Someone asked me, that's not, uh, no, dead on. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could have said it better. And I, I spent a lot of time with Marcus. <laughs> I didn't spend as much time, obviously, as Julius did, but I spent a lot of time with Marcus. Yeah. Hilarious. Good dude. Yeah. Good dude and absolutely <laughs> hilarious, though. You're not wrong there. Yeah. Uh, look, TCC. Let us know. Is there any other hold? Is there any other draft gems for you? No, I'm. I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna. Uh, I, I got. I got plenty on the defensive side, which I'm excited for for Monday when oh, we get man. into that. There's gonna be a lot of cool ones. That's I, gonna be a live stream. I've found some dudes that um are probably not on anyone's radar. No. Um, but I landed on them, so I'm gonna be excited about. Well, that. you la- you landed on them, and, and they're gonna need to run to their bookies and place bets on these guys Ooh, being like breakout that. stars in the NFL because they very well could be that draft gem video. We don't want to miss Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific time. It is going. To be glorious. Uh, notice we went through an entire draft season Ant, without breaking down a single quarterback. Not one quarterback. I'm yeah. impressed because last year we, we talked so much about so many quarterbacks. Yeah, last year quarterback was an actual it's possibility. I, I think what I think what I'm excited about is the fact that, you know, um we, we didn't have to talk about him this year. Uh you know, I mean maybe maybe we we won't have to talk about him for a long time because Trey Lance true. is gonna be that guy. So Let's let's hope we're in that category because I like breaking down the other positions. Um, quarterback is fun, but uh, it definitely created an opportunity for us to be able to eliminate one entire position after watch. Yeah, please, whatever whatever happens, 49ers, let's let's make sure this works out with Trey because I would hate to to have to sit there and go, man, I can't believe I didn't actually get to talk about quarterback Bailey Zapke out of Western Kentucky University. I'm not gonna do it. That's the only plug I'm doing, Ant. TCC, we hope nice you enjoyed crumb. this draft. I tried. <laughs> TCC, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Let me know what you thought. Let us know what you thought about these draft gens. Is there anyone that we miss? And if so, drop them in the comment section because maybe when we go live on Monday and at the end of said episode, we go through a couple of these names that you've left in the comment section down below. And while you're down there commenting away, don't forget to like, subscribe if you haven't already and hit that notification bell. Yeah, if you leave some defensive gems, you know, in in the comment section, I will definitely check them out. And if they, you know, make the cut, then we'll talk about them for sure. Uh, I I think that's exciting. And, you know, people have put us onto certain players and we appreciate that. Because there's so many prospects, sometimes you go missing somebody. I mean, Alex just brought up one to me today, a defensive guy that I need to look into even further. Uh, and I brought up one to him. So we're, we're, we're continually working on this because, I mean, let's just be honest, there's so many prospects and so many players that have elite talent. Uh, this, is, this is just one of the funnest times of the year because you have the potential of these guys not only adding to your team, but of them changing their lives forever. 100%. And that's, that's, you know, that's what these guys are trying to do and accomplish. And some of them... Or it's going to be a tougher road to do that. And some of them may find themselves right, flying up boards just enough to make a big impact early. We're going to see. We're yeah. going to see what happens. Maybe there is Aziz Alshire. Maybe there are Emmanuel Mosley. Maybe awesome. the Charverius Ward. All undrafted free agents uh, that are making big impacts. And who knows? Maybe James Mitchell is 
a George Kittle kind of guy. You get in the fourth round, and all of a sudden you have a tight end, too, that can do it all behind Kittle. Well, well, well. I, you know I hope I'm not going to move off of that. I <laughs> hope that's the hey, I really want that to be the case, and I don't yeah. want you to be wrong on that. I want you to be right, TCC. We'll catch you on the next one. Make sure you land right here on this channel, Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific time. You can bookie that time down. It's not going to change. Leave then, breadcrumbs. <laughs> until the next one, TCC and the faithful, stay safe. Remember the right way. It is always the, the 49ers, 49ers way. To this point well i hope i hope by this point you've at least liked and subscribed if you haven't already and there's some cards over there ant too with some other high quality videos they can check out yeah click one of the click one of the links and watch one of the videos it's gonna be great we'll see you there